Hello and welcome to Assured by Grace. I'm your host, Danny Woodward. And again, I'm joined by my co-host, Pastor Phil Congdon. And today we're going to be taking a deeper dive into the the discussion that we've had for the past two episodes. And and we're looking at uh, suffering for Christ in a woke culture. And to that end, Phil, today I think we're going to explore how do we stand in in the midst of the the deception that we have out in our culture and the depravity and and everything else that's spinning around us. How how do Christians stand in the midst of this? It's it's, it's a huge problem because I think there are a lot of Christians who, um, you know, they hear uh, about an issue, something comes up in culture or society and, and they think, well, what's the right position? What's the right stand? And I want to stand strong for the Lord, but what does that mean? Yeah. And, and sometimes it's, it's almost like you flinch and, and then the, yeah. the moment's gone. Yeah. Uh, because you almost have to, it feels like be, be so assured of, of your faith and, and where you, where you reside on certain issues that when those issues come, you, you can, with yeah. confidence, move forward. You know, one of the things to, at the very beginning, uh, just to reemphasize something that uh, that Danny and I have been talking about over the months and months we've been uh, doing this podcast. Assurance is uh, what we talk about is assurance of salvation. That is the assurance that I belong to God. I'm a member of His family, and that assurance is not something that there should be any doubt about. That assurance is based on the clear and the simple teaching of the gospel. And any person listening to this, in, that, that when you doubt your salvation, and, and I have, and Danny has, there have been times that we have doubted our salvation. We, we trusted Christ, but then maybe we were subject to a temptation or we got involved in things that we shouldn't have. And, and along the way, we began to wonder, was I really saved or not? And we were basing our assurance on what we did, uh, if we were good enough. And the truth of scripture is, is that we're never good enough. I'll never be good enough so that God can say, okay, now Phil, you've arrived you're, you're good enough to come into my heaven. The only basis for us to be righteous, declared righteous, is because of the shed blood of Jesus. And so there is an assurance that we have, we have settled. Uh, and this is why John wrote, these things I've written to you, believe on the name of the Son of God, in order that you may know that you have eternal life. So that's the first thing. There's a there's an assurance there, uh, and we don't want to have any doubts. If you're listening to this, you can dispense with the doubts. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin and rose from the dead? The day, the moment that you believe in Jesus as your Savior, you receive the free gift of eternal life. Now, we come to this second area where we are faced, uh, we're battered in this world with issues. And these days with, with issues that 
we're trying to figure out what, what are we supposed to do about gender issues or or the 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 sexual culture issues that we have or the 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 global environmental issues or all kinds of social issues that come up and, and they're they're bubbling to the surface at younger ages parents are wondering what to, am i supposed to teach my children and uh and this is where a lot of times christians start to say well yeah i'm a believer i'm assured of my salvation but i don't know what do we do about all this other stuff well, it's especially living in a postmodern culture, you know, the postmodern movement uh, claims that there is no absolute truth, that everything out there is is your truth or my truth. And yeah. and there's you know, it is it flies in the face of, of biblical doctrine yeah. of what the Bible has to say about truth. And so you're in a culture that is already, you know, basically batting against you. Yeah. And. And you're trying to maneuver through that culture. And that's kind of why we wanted to talk about these things. Now, one of the things to know is that behind this cultural shift to what we call postmodernism or post-postmodernism, <laughs> that is this idea that there really is no truth. There's just my truth and your truth and their truth. And, and of course, we know instinctively this is not true. Because just because a person thinks they're a pink elephant doesn't mean they are, even though we are telling people that kind of stuff today. But you can tell yourself that gravity isn't true. But if you step off a building, that isn't going to make any difference. And so there are truths that we see in nature. We call these uh, natural law. And they teach us things. But Satan is attacking everything, any truth. And, uh, you know, scripture talks about it, that in the last days, he's going to send a great delusion. Uh, Jesus said that Satan was the father of lies. Um, and so these are, these are things that we shouldn't be surprised about, but they are happening. Well, and they're, they're happening both on two fronts, right? Both in the culture, outside of the church, yeah. and even within the church. And there's delusion that's coming in, in the form of bad theology, bad teaching yeah. that, that misinterprets the Bible. Yeah, and it, it's tough. Listen, we're not going to sit here and tell you that, you know, you know, this is really simple and you should figure everything out uh, because the there are difficult issues. And if it wasn't difficult, then Satan would not, uh, you know, he, he would not have been masterminding this. He wouldn't be setting these things up. His goal is to really destabilize Christians. He wants to keep us from having a firm foundation. So we're asking a question today, how can I stand in the middle of a, of a world that seems to be uh, wobbling on just about everything? Whether, again, it's marriage, whether it's gender or gender fluidity uh, or uh, LGBTQ issues, um, global econ uh, uh, ecological issues, um, communism. Uh, yeah, we've got we got issues that have to do with the economy. Um, uh, just 
the equality versus equity, um, and all of these things, it does seem sometimes like we're almost caught in a storm and it's swirling around. So, um, you know, I was talking with, uh, with a doctor earlier this week, and we were talking about a conference where, where speakers were trying to deal with this. This was a Christian medical conference, and they were trying to deal with these issues. And even there, there, was, uh, there were different views about exactly what does it mean, for example, for me to stand against um, ungodliness in the world with an issue like abortion? Mm. Well, we would, we would say, well, that, that's a pretty easy one. And yet even there, within the church, within, uh, be, between Christians, there are going to be issues here. And uh, let's, let's lay down one thing for sure. Uh, Danny and I are not going to today uh, give you a list of things that are, this is the way you're supposed to view every, every situation. We're, we're not going to do that. But we're also not going to leave you without any foundation. And that is something that that we need to to focus on. So, I don't know where do we start with with this. I, um, there there are, there's really one simple answer here, and then we can follow some different routes with it. And that answer is that if you want absolute truth in a world that doesn't have any truth. You're going to have to go to a standard that is, um, if you want to know what one foot is or one meter, you have to get uh, a, a ruler that's 12 inches long, or you have to get a yardstick or a, a meter stick that's going to tell you that, and you're going to use that as your standard. So for us, if we're going to have absolute truth, if we're going to have some standard, we have to have a source to go through to. And that source can't be in this world. That is, it can't be one person versus another person. That is going to be inherently uh, contradictory at points. And we're going to conflict about who is right. So where do we go? We go to the Bible, God's Word. And between Genesis and Revelation, we have a complete revelation of God recorded and preserved for us. Now, that's a starting point of absolute truth. Based on that, we can then start to uh, lay down a foundation for how to stand firm. So um, I want to start by by, uh, just uh, going to Ephesians 6. This is one place to start. Ephesians 6 um, talks about the battle that Christians face. And the battle that we face is not against flesh and blood, Paul says. And this is starting in Ephesians 6, verse 10. Uh, It says, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. 
put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So Paul is explaining that there is a spiritual battle going on. And in this world, although we're living on the physical world and we have issues that come up, whether they're social or economic or, or you know, uh, the e ecology or whatever, all of these issues uh, are a, they're a surface issue. And the deeper issue is, that there is a spiritual battle that is going on. And that battle is, uh, it's to keep the world in blindness. Um, you know, it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that Satan has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. So he wants to keep them in blindness. But he is also, Satan is a great deceiver. And uh, it talks about in Re Revelation 12, verse 9 and 10, that he is the deceiver of the brethren. Uh, that that's what he is doing. So, and he's the accuser of the brethren. He deceives us. Uh, Jesus in John eight forty four says that, G, is that Satan is the father of lies. And so, this is what we can expect. How do we stand firm? We stand firm. Now, listen to this. These are these are the uh, what we call the putting on the armor of God. So, if we're in a spiritual battle. We can't win this spiritual battle with human arguments or something. We need something deeper. What do we put on? Verse 13 of Ephesians 6 says, Take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore. And then this, this language may sound a little bit archaic. Let me just explain it. It says, stand firm, having girded your loins with truth. That means you're, you're going to um, put on truth. You're, you're going to pursue the truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. That means you're going to pursue righteousness. Stand firm. Uh, it says, shod your, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Keep the gospel clear. Verse 16, take up the shield of faith. Okay, that means that you're going to keep your faith or your believing in God. It's not just I believed once, but I continue to believe. I've strengthened my faith each day in believing in God. And take the helmet of salvation. This is the assurance of salvation that we talked about. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, he's given us this arsenal that we can put on. And the one weapon that we have in all of that, everything is defensive except for one thing. That is the word of God. This is our sword. This is what we use to defeat the falsehoods and the delusions that Satan is going to bring against us. And, you know, Phil, one, one thing that I've heard in the past when talking about that armor of God, I've heard someone describe uh, feet fitted with the readiness 
uh, for the gospel. For the gospel, you know, in the in the in the time that this was written, the Roman soldiers had like like cleats almost on their sometimes under their sandals, hmm. and and when they would get in the skirmish line and throw that shield in front of them, that's what kept them in place. Oh. And and so I'd, I'd heard someone say that you know when you're when you've got your shield of faith up and you're taking those arrows. Yeah. to keep from getting knocked back and off your feet you've got to you've got to have them planted and so the assurance issue becomes doubly important it does it does both yeah. for the gospel message and, and then for the uh the assurance for your helmet yeah i think that the doubts that satan sends our way those would be his darts he wants us to doubt mm. that god is faithful he wants us to doubt that god is good but uh boy uh in the world in which we're living uh, it is going to be doubly important that we have God's word because we're going to have uh, things that are true are going to be painted in tents of gray. And people are going to say, well, maybe part of that is true, or maybe that's true sometimes. And in order to stand firm, we're going to need God's word. So let me ask uh, you something. Is it, it can, can a believer as you're, as you're growing closer to God, uh, can you almost train yourself in, in this to, to be able to stand better, you know, through, through, through studying, but also through just weathering those, those trials and those temptations? Is there a sense that you grow stronger in your faith through that and, and that that yeah. helps you to stand down the road? I think, uh, for, for any Christian, um, if you are reading God's word and you are asking the Holy Spirit to guard and guide you and to uh, enlighten you as you read his word, that that is um, that's going to be a, a way to prepare. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't know when a time is going to come. You can only be prepared. Um, be like an athlete who goes into training and he, he may, um, I, I, for example, wrestled, uh, when I was in high school and I wrestled and we would practice one move over and over again. And you would keep practicing this one move, how to, how to get a reversal or how to get an escape. And you would go through 10 wrestling matches and, that situation would never present itself. And then in match 11, it would. And it was the training and the preparation that enabled you to stand in that evil day. Uh, let me give an illustration of this from Scripture. In 1 Corinthians 10, um, Paul is writing to the Corinthian Christians. And, and the Corinthian Christians um, had... Uh, questions that have been raised because of their culture. The Corinthian culture was was very, we would call it today, progressive. It was sexually, um, uh, there was immorality uh, progressively, and it had leaked into the church even, and and questions about what was right and what wasn't right and how to live and how to deal with the idolatry that there was in the culture. These are questions they were dealing with. And right in the middle of this, Paul, uh, he 
pointed back to the Old Testament. And I know sometimes we think the Old Testament was, well, that's kind of out of date. That was for them. This is New Testament is for us, but nothing could be further from the truth. If you're going to get into God's word, get into the whole teaching of God's word. Because what Paul did is he actually, he starts in verse six of chapter 10. He says, these things happened as examples for us so that we would not crave evil things as they also crave. And then he gives example after example in verses 7 and 8 and 9 and 10. And he's talking about situations where in Old Testament Israel, God's people slipped up and they started craving evil things or pursuing idolatry. Not doing it openly, maybe maybe more surreptitiously, but they were just allowing the world to creep in. He gets to the end of these examples, and he says in verse 11, once again, he's repeating here. He says, now these things happened to them as an example. They were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Who are the the people that the ends of the ages have come upon? They're us. That's us. That's Christians. And then the next thing he says is, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. In other words, you're going to need to see how Satan has worked in the past and what he's done to trip up God's people so that you will be prepared to stand in the evil day. And I have to add the last verse here. This is a verse that a lot of Christians know, but it says here, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Now, the the word there that's translated temptation, it could be translated a trial. But when, when we go through difficult times. And I'll tell you what a difficult time is. It's when you're wondering, does God really love me? Or you're wondering, is is this really God's truth? Or how should I respond to uh, a situation? Um, parents are dealing with this with their children and children with their parents and, and college students, how to respond to, to the it seems like this change of truth, this day we're living in where there's so much delusion and deception and and so many things that aren't true seem to be being foisted on us. That's a trial. And in that situation, just know that God is faithful. He is the one who has provided truth. The Old Testament examples are great. The New Testament teaching is great but you have to expose yourself to it. It won't do any good if it's sitting on your, uh, you know, your living room table and catch, uh, you know, collecting gathering, dust. collecting <laughs> dust. You have to open it and read it. And I, I just encourage every Christian to do that. And, you know, you know, maybe this is something else, you know, but what would you say about, you know, there are going to be Christians who say, well, I open my Bible, I try to understand it. And then I, I, turn on the TV or go to a podcast and, and, and then somebody says something and I really don't know what's right. Yeah. Well, we were talking about that a little bit beforehand and, 
And what was the verse that just talks about the spirit of God? God's yeah, spirit. Well, John's and John, John and the eight. and Jesus, right before his his he was betrayed and crucified, he was with his disciples, and he was talking to them about uh sending the Holy Spirit. And in John 16, he 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 says it's actually this is what he says. I tell it to you, you the truth. It's to your advantage if I go away. The disciples are thinking, oh, no, Jesus, we want you to stay. <laughs> we want you to be with us. And then Jesus said this, that if if I go, I will send the spirit to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, there's a, a power that the spirit has. And as the spirit is in this world, he is going to convict of sin and righteousness and judgment. That same spirit lives in every believer. Every believer who has, has, has received the spirit. First Corinthians 12, 13 uh, says that, uh, I better read this because I'm going to misquote it. First Corinthians 12, 13. By one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. So here we have, we have this spirit in us and he is going to be a resource. So yeah, one of the things I would say is uh, when you read your Bible, um, may, maybe you've got other helps. Maybe you've got materials that you've gotten. Some of those may be good. Some of them may not be. Only the Bible is the sword of the Spirit. So before you read the Bible, submit yourself to God. Say, Lord, I'm about to read your word. I ask for you to guard my heart and to guide my thoughts and to keep me from anything that is not according to your will. Um, and this is, this is important uh, because in, in our own thinking, we can be led astray. You know, I, I think of Satan, you know, how he does, he tries to use yeah. God's word. Yeah. And, and, you know, Phil, another thing that I think of when you just said that was where, where Jesus says, you know, do not leave by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth yeah. of the Lord. Yeah. And, and when you're talking about just the fact that a lot of us, and I know I'm tempted sometimes to do it is it's really easy to pull open a, uh, you know, some type of, of literature that gives you the, the main ideas yeah. of, of what it is that you're trying to study in, in scripture. Yeah. And that way you, you know what you're studying, you can kind of get it, but Man, there is something to be said for for studying the Word of God, uh, in as it is in Scripture. Before you go to start looking for help in interpreting that that Scripture, yeah. because you, it, well, you you told me this years ago. You said you don't want someone to chew your food for you, <laughs> and and that's always stuck with me. And and I find that 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 really helps sometimes, because sometimes the Word can speak to my heart in a in a way that. Um, that I need to hear. And, and it may not be something that just pops out, uh, for, yeah. 
or some type of study. You don't think that you're anything special here either, uh, that it's only you that this is happening to. Um, you remember what, what's this thing about Jesus, you know, when, when at his baptism, you know, a voice from heaven. Oh, yeah. The uh, voice from heaven came down and said, this is my son. This is my son. And, and, you know, so there's been the declaration, God, the son, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh has this declaration. What's the next thing that happened? He gets he gets tossed into the wilderness. And, yeah. And then Satan comes and said, says, are you God's yeah, son? Yeah. If you're really God's son. That's right. He says, right. you know, then command your angels to, to you know do this or that. And I, I just think, you know, that's what Satan's going to do. You're going to read scripture and Satan's immediately going to try to overturn that. Um, and, and I will say that, you know, this isn't going to be always obvious. It'd be nice if every time a false teacher came along, they had red a red suit and horns, you know, and we'd say, oh, okay, yeah, that, that's Satan. But you remember, uh, that isn't the way it happens. Paul wrote in second Corinthians, he said that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Uh, and that is, that is true. You're going to find that there are going to be some people who will teach falsehoods and they will do it uh, under the guise of being preachers of righteousness. Uh, and I'll, I'll take you back here to Isaiah 6, where uh, the children of Israel uh, were being led astray. They had false teachers and, and priests who were leading them astray. And Isaiah wrote this God pronouncing through Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. You know, we need to have a, a godly humility. That's a, a godly humility that says, uh, I'm going to speak the truth. Uh, and I'm going to submit myself to the Holy Spirit to guide me in my own study, in my reading of his word. I am not going to come to God's word with my preconceived ideas and say, I'm going to find a way that I can justify this. And this is, by the way, a, a big area where there's a problem today. We have, um, we have people who have a certain position that they hold to. And that may be uh, today, it's often issues of, uh, of something to do with LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. It may be other issues. It could be environmental issues. It could be uh, uh, issues with culture and, and racism and uh, all kinds of things. And they have views. Um, these are theories that they have. And when they come with their theories, they go to Scripture for one purpose, to use Scripture to support what they are saying. That's not Scripture. 
um what is it yeah. the the verse that talks about how the deception that in the deception people will be carried away by their own itching ears yeah um yes. I, what you're saying there just speaks to that i think and well let me let me just go to that and read that because that that is important because that's talking about in the last days mm-hmm. this was paul writing to timothy and uh boy if you read these words you may say boy that does really sound like today um uh, and i let me just read this realize this that in the last days difficult times will come men will be lovers of self lovers of money boastful arrogant revilers disobedient to parents yeah that's one yeah can always remind read that one to your children yeah ungrateful unholy unloving irreconcilable malicious gossips without self-control brutal haters of good treacherous reckless conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god holding to a form of godliness although they have denied its power avoid such men as these Hmm. Uh, so, and and then you mentioned the, this other passage. Uh, it says uh, um, this. Uh, it says um, this is in First Timothy, chapter six. Um, says he's talking about false teachers uh, who um, um, they have a a doctrine. Um, it says they are conceited. They understand nothing. This is verse four of first Timothy six. This person is, uh, has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words out of which arise envy and strife and abusive language and evil suspicions and constant friction between men of depraved mind and deprived of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. This is, this is false teachers again. Um, so anyway, this is happening. Um, uh, there are, there are deceptive teachers in the world. Get back into God's word, keep in God's word and trust him to, to guide you and to give you the strength, the foundation you need to stand in a world that seems to be swirling around with all kinds of false uh, ideas. Uh, you know, this is going to happen not just in the church. It's going to happen in the world, and, and you're going to have to deal with it, you know, in business, mm-hmm. in marketplace, education. Um, and, and as I, this doctor I was speaking with earlier this week mentioned, uh, this is, uh, something that is really uh, causing doctors uh, to have difficulty. They're having to try to make decisions on what to do when when somebody comes in and uh, they're biologically a male, but they want you to say on their document they're a female or vice versa, uh, and things like this. These are these are issues of yeah. where, where we have lost truth and we no longer, the delusion has started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In second Thessalonians two, it says that, that, that God is going to send a great delusion. 
And, and it sure seems to me like some of this is starting already. Mm. Um, you know, and people say we're living in the last times. Maybe we are. Uh, certainly, I can see the signs of that. So going back to where we started, we started with putting on the armor of God, um, standing strong. And uh, and uh, to borrow from, you know, what you said about your feet shod with uh, the preparation of the gospel. Always go back to that. Whenever you get to a point where you're doubting whether something is right or wrong or what to do, go back to something you know is true. Jesus is God's son. He came to earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for the sin of the world, that he might take away that judgment against us. And then he rose from the dead and he offers the free gift of eternal life to all who believe in him. Believe in the Lord Jesus. You will be saved. So that's, uh, I, I don't know if we, we could talk about this some more, but we've at least covered some things. We'd, uh, we'd love to have your questions too. Is this, how do they get in touch with us? Uh, so hopefully there'll be a little uh, stream flashing at the bottom at of the, the bottom of this. Okay. And uh, if you see that, maybe, uh, maybe the top. Yeah. And wherever it is, get in touch with us, send yeah. us your questions, send us uh, maybe if there's specific issues that you're dealing with, because uh, you may deal with a different issue than we do. And, and we'd love to discuss anything that we can and bring scripture to bear on it. Absolutely. Thank you, Phil.